Hello, and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 74. Thanks for listening. Hello, people. We're cruising through the summer, locked inside playing video games, just as God intended it. How's everybody been? Nothing really new here to talk about. A couple of things of note in pop culture land. First thing to note, as this episode drops, it is June 25th. Why is that important? Well, I'll tell you. Because that means that in my Comixology queue right now is issue number one of the brand new Sword Quest comic. You remember that back in episode 67, I chatted with the writers of the new Sword Quest comic, Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, And, of course, after talking to them and reading the very intriguing Zero issue, I had to subscribe, and I have. And now I have issue one to read. If, by the time you hear this, I haven't read it already, I will be soon. And you should, too. It is very exciting to me, as I'm sure it is to a lot of you old game fans, that, obviously, you know, retro games have never really gone away, but... Like a lot of pop culture, I guess, uh, things like Atari are really making a, a strong comeback. We have more access to games, Atari games, than ever. Maybe even more access than we had at the time they were new, given how many different platforms you can play an Atari game on now. You have the comics, Sword Quest and Centipede uh, coming in July. Rumors of a movie, documentaries... I don't know, Atari, you know, the, the holding company that, that handles Atari properties is coming out with a new console, for crying out loud. It's, uh, it's a good time to be an Atari fan, so spread the word. Hey, here's an idea. You know, more people than ever are into Atari, it seems. So, and this is episode 74. So, here's some homework for you guys. You need to tell 74 people that you know, each one of you tells another 74 people about this show and that they should listen to it. Okay, got it? Good. Report back to me uh, once you've completed your homework. Uh, what else is new? Of course, you all know, sadly, we lost Adam West recently, uh, the actor who, of course, most famously played Batman in this 1960s uh, TV series. Burt Ward played Robin. Well, you got one more chance to hear Adam West as the Cape Crusader in an animated film called Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders which you can listen to on Amazon right now. Let's see if I can pull it up here. No, I'm not going to play the movie. Let's see. I have not actually watched this yet. Uh, I only just recently found out about it, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon Video, $9.99. So, you know, not much more than the price of a ticket. You know, about the same as the price of a ticket to see a movie in the theater. And it's Adam West and Burt Ward doing the voices of Batman and Robin. How cool is that? Go check that out. Today's episode sponsored by the Dynamic Duo. Oh man, if only. Speaking of superheroes, I'm going off my notes here. You know, buckle up. This could get weird. I don't think I mentioned last time I recorded, but I saw, like many of you recently, Wonder Woman. Here's the thing. I've watched a fair number of the, you know, 486 superhero movies that have come out in the last 20 years. And I've liked many. I like you know, the original Batman, Batman Returns. By original Batman, I guess I mean the Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson Batman. 
Uh, I liked Batman Returns, which I gather is kind of a controversial pick, but I did actually like it. The ones that followed that, I thought Batman uh, Forever, was that the third one with the uh, Riddler? I liked that one, actually. And then it gets a little dicey after that. The Chris Nolan Batmans, Batman, whatever, were fine, I guess. They didn't necessarily do a whole lot for me. Uh, Dark Knight was good, of course. The original uh, Super Christopher Reeve Superman is great. I guess that's a little more than 20 years ago, I guess. You know, and the Avenger movies are kind of fun. Iron Man's okay. Uh, I never really got into Thor. The Hulk movies I wanted to like, but they were not necessarily great. I, I never got into the X-Men. There's a lot of these. Uh, Captain America, I kind of liked. But for the most part, you know, other than Christopher Reeve Superman and, I don't know, The Dark Knight, I guess. Yeah, maybe the first Avengers movie. All of them have been okay in my mind, but not anything spectacular. But, you know, Wonder Woman. This is a new thing. I got kids. Let's go see Wonder Woman. So we did, and it was great. It wasn't a great female superhero movie. It was a great superhero movie. It had an actual story. It had an actual plot. It had believable, you know, quote-unquote, believable superhero scenes. Um, she was a believable character. The uh, situations were believable. There was humor. There was more actual drama than I expected. A lot of superhero movies have sort of the pseudo-drama, right? The angsty superhero or the the superhero's sidekick or love interest being in peril, which is the drama, basically, to set up a whole sequence of special effects and things. But Wonder Woman actually had kind of a, a dramatic story arc to it. Uh, very vivid, you know, demonstrations of what war is like. And I just, I was surprised at how good of a movie it is in general. Not just a superhero movie, and certainly not just a female superhero movie. It's certainly one of the best superhero movies that there has been, I think. And it's probably better than most of them. So, you know, good for you, uh, Wonder Woman production team. And shame on you, movie producers, for underestimating how well this movie would do. Although I heard that that actually plays to the favor of the director and Gal Gadot, uh, who played Wonder Woman, of course. Because now they can pretty much name their price uh, for whatever, you know, whatever they want to uh, make the next Wonder Woman movie, which is sure to happen, given how much money they pulled in. To my knowledge, there is not an Atari Wonder Woman game that I can play as a tie-in with the next Wonder Woman movie. But if such a thing does exist, or if someone is inspired to make a homebrew Wonder Woman game now, uh, let me know, because I want to see that and figure out how to do that for the podcast. All right, now that I have steered myself back to the notes on my page here, I see that in other news, there is no other news. And so, without further ado, this week's game is... I've been driving cattle most of my natural life, and you're telling me I can't handle a stampede? Not this one, Buck. Stampede by Activision for your Atari game system. One of the toughest video games around. Stampede's more than expert rope and ride. It's a test of strategy and skill. Go ahead, you your hands on the Buck, you boys come in now. Stampede by Activision. Stampede. It's from Activision. 1981. What is Stampede, you ask? Well, I'm certainly glad you did. Because if you didn't, this would be an awkwardly short podcast. 
looking at the uh, manual here, we're told right up front, uh, dared really, um, by the following. So you want to be a cowboy? Well, Greenhorn, it can be right tricky. So before you start to lasso those doggies, you'd best learn the ropes. That's why you should read these instructions first. Real careful like. Then settle up and head them out. That was my generic cowboy dialect. Now, <coughs> John Wayne. Just kidding. I'm not going to do John Wayne. Kids, if you want to know who John Wayne is, go ask your parents. First uh, part of the manual tells us how to hook up the video game system. Uh, plug in the controllers. We're using the joysticks for this one. Uh, joystick, I should say. Uh, there are ten, or rather eight games to choose from. Game one is Sidekick, then Pilgrim, then Cowpoke, Wrangler, Top Hand, Trail Boss, Rancher, and Cattle Baron. We'll talk about those more in more detail later. Using the left joystick controller, the joystick uh, moves the horse and rider up and down on the screen, and the red button throws your rope. The left difficulty switch at A shortens the rope, and at B it lengthens the rope. The right difficulty switch has no effect. For those of you keeping score at home, I believe I played game three, which was a cowpoke game. I had the difficulty switch on B, which means I had a longer rope. Please don't think any less of me. Scoring. Black Angus cows are worth 100 points. Light brown jerseys are worth 25 points. Medium brown Dernseys are 15 points. And dark red Herefords, or Herefords? Herefords? I don't know. They're only worth 3 points, though. I guess I could kind of, I'm jumping ahead, I suppose, here. But I guess I could kind of see in the game where some of them I do move faster, I guess. The Black Angus are relatively rare. You get one sprinkled here and there. I suppose the most, the, the kind of yellow ones right, were probably the Herefords. Uh, they're the cheapest, right? Three points. And there's the most of them. The numbers on the upper right side of the screen indicate player score. The number on the upper left side of the screen indicates number of doggies, which you can allow to stray behind you before the game ends. It is kind of an interesting way to do the, uh, to, to do the game, right? It's not that you have a time limit, it's not that you have to get a certain score, it's not that you have so many levels to achieve. It is simply how many cows get away from you. And if more than your maximum number of cows gets away from you, regardless of your score or how long you've been playing, well, game's over, partner. Object of the game is to score as many points as possible by roping as many doggies as you can before too many stray behind you. Note to owners of Sears Telegame video, ga video arcade system. Difficulty switches are called skill left or right. Player A up is expert and B down is novice. I believe before I had the Atari VCS that I am now playing on today as we speak. Wow, that was a bad sentence. I believe before that I actually had a Sears Telegames console. I believe it burned out at some point in the 80s when I was a kid. But I think I did have one at one time. In case you were wondering. How to play. Climb into the saddle and start riding. You'll want to practice placing your horse and rider in the right position to rope and herd those doggies without letting any get by you. And to dodge any surprises on the trail. To rope. Position your horse directly behind the doggie you wish to lasso. The rope will always be thrown directly in front of your horse. And the loop must touch a doggie in order to rope him. If you attempt to rope a steer which is too far away or too close, you'll come up empty. When you get more at home on the range, you'll know the right time to throw your rope. 
It's impossible to score well if you can't keep the game going long enough to rope a passel of doggies. The only way to do that successfully is to keep the cattle in the herd in front of you. Herding is as important as roping in, in helping you run up your score. When you ride just behind one of the doggies, you'll notice they'll speed up and run faster out in front of your horse. Since all doggies do not run at the same speed, you will have your work cut out for you to keep them all together and ahead of you. Last week, I, if you recall, I auditioned rather strenuously for, uh, you know, for the chance to make my musical Broadway theater debut. This week, I'm lobbying to be cast in a movie western. So, you know, Clint Eastwood, if you want to, you know, you're in the mood to direct, you know, an Unforgiven sequel or something, uh, look me up. Each game of Stampede offers a different pattern, speed and movement of doggies, providing new challenges every time you play. Game 1 Sidekick Level When the game begins, doggies lope along, gradually running faster as the game progresses. They will run only straight ahead, and they travel in a specific pattern. Dark red Herefords are first. After you rope these critters, the light brown jerseys appear, followed by the medium brown Guernseys. Keep your eyes peeled for an occasional black Angus. Game 2 is the program level, which is the same thing, except all the doggies try to avoid your lasso by moving up and down the street. Because they're jerks. Game 3, Cowpoke level, which I believe is what I played for the uh, field report. Same as game 1, game one, but there is no set pattern of appearance of doggies on the screen. Game 4, Wrangler level, same as game 3, but all doggies try to avoid you. They try to avoid your lasso by walking up and down the street. Games 5 through 8, same patterns as games 1 through 4, except all doggies start out at a full gallop. Because they're jerks. Special features of Stampede by Activision. Dangers on the trail. The cattle drives of the Old West had their share of hazards, and Stampede does too. Occasionally you'll come upon an old bleached skull on the trail, and your horse will rear if you attempt to ride over it. If that happens, some of the doggies you are herding and roping could stray by, so look out and be prepared to ride around the skulls. Is anyone getting a big-time Oregon Trail vibe off of this game? Two interesting side notes. Actually, not that interesting. But it's my show, and I want to talk about them. When I was in fifth grade, my school did a fundraiser. We had to sell stuff door-to-door. Uh, these little sun catcher things that you hang in the windows, like colored glass, and you hang them in the window, and, and it reflects the sunlight. And moms buy them because they take pity on the neighborhood kids. The idea was to raise enough money to buy one... Yes, one Apple IIe, or maybe just an Apple II, I don't remember, computer for the students in the school to use. One computer. And we had to go out and raise money to do it. But we did such a good job, I think most credit goes to me, that we were actually able to buy two Apple II computers. That's right, baby. We had two computers in our school, and they put them in the library. And kids could sign up during their free times during the day or after school for like, I don't know what it was, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. You could sign up, either you yourself or you and a buddy. And mostly what we did was use it to play Oregon Trail because our minds were blown by the idea of playing a game on the computer at that point. Cut to modern day, my other interesting anecdote, at least to me, recently... My wife, Mrs. Atari Bytes, found an Oregon Trail card game. So we thought, hey, this will be fun and nostalgic and educational for our kids. So we got it out and started to play it, and they lasted about five minutes and wandered away to find some actual electronic entertainment. 
So, there you go. None of that has anything to do with Stampede. I just wanted to get it out because it was rattling around in my brain. Anyway, back to the manual. A well-trained horse. Your pony is no stranger to a roundup. When you throw your lasso, he won't move. This keeps you firmly in the saddle. But you can't change your mind and choose another doggy once you've decided to throw your rope. No time limit. You can keep on riding and roping as long as your stray count, the number on the left side of the screen, is one or more. The better you get at roping and herding doggies, the longer your roundup will last. Increasing your stray allowance. After each 1,000 points, you'll notice your stray count will increase by one, giving you more of a chance to rope and ride. The number, however, will never get larger than nine. Because they're jerks. Attention. Are you cool? Do you want to be cool? Well, here's your chance, because you can join the Activision Trail Drive, assuming you have a time machine and can go back to 1981. If you can, and you succeed in scoring 3,000 points in Stampede by Activision, send us a picture of your television screen. By us, I mean 1981 Activision, not us at the podcast. But, hey, you know what? If you score 3,000 points on Stampede, you go ahead and, you know, post a, a picture on Facebook or email it to me or something. That's pretty damn good. Along with your name and address, not for me again. That's for Activision. And we, meaning Activision, will enroll you in the Activision Trail Drive. Should you score a whopping 10,000 points, a small brand, looks like the head of a steer, will appear at the bottom left of your screen, and the score will wrap around to zero. Also, I'm pretty sure the world comes to an end. Oh wait, that may have been Y2K. Anyway... You're likely to be covered with trail dust and be a little saddle sore, but please send us a picture of your riding and roping achievement. Alright, now here's the best part of the manual. How to become a cattle baron with Stampede by Activision. Tips from Bob Whitehead, designer of Stampede. Bob Whitehead is a senior designer at Activision. Before creating Stampede, Bob designed boxing and skiing for Activision. If you are a really savvy cowboy, you could probably play Stampede till the cows come home. Strategy, patience, and smart herding and roping are what really count. First of all, keep in mind the particular sequences in which the different doggies appear. My advice is to establish a priority for roping the stampeding herd. One strategy is to lasso the high point doggies first, while keeping the darker low point ones herded in front of you. Remember, that's all in taps, so this must be important. Get ready. Herding is the most important part of the game. A doggy that is constantly herded will actually get stubborn and become more difficult to rope because he's too close to you, but he won't stray. You'll notice that doggies appear in rows. When you rope the last one of a group of dark red Herefords, get set for some fast action, because there's trouble ahead. Drop me a line. I'd like to hear about your stampede trail drives. Happy trails. God bless. Bob Whitehead. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, all kidding aside... Those little letters from the designer uh, that pop up in these manuals every now and then are kind of fun. Um, it's a little extra touch. I mean, this was kind of Atari's heyday, and they were clearly having fun and uh, clearly appreciated their customers, the kids that play their games. So, you know, I do kind of like that. All right, and that's how you play Stampede by Activision. Interestingly, an Intellivision version was released uh, in 1982 of this game. I have never seen that version. If anyone has played the Intellivision version of Stampede, let me know and you know tell me how it rates compared to this version. 
Stampede was favorably reviewed in 1982 by Video Magazine, where it was described as a, quote, thrilling representation of rope riding, boasting, quote, charming visuals. The reviewers noted that although the game only utilized 2K of ROM, it demonstrated Activision's success in marketing new and unusual games, and showed that expanding memory isn't the only way to create solid, playable games. In 1983, Video Games, a publication called Video Games, stated that the Intellivision version of Stampede was easier than the difficult Atari 26 original with identical graphics. Ah, oh, snap, Intellivision. You just got slammed. Seriously, though, if anyone's played the Intellivision version, uh, let me know what you think. All right, after the break, we're going to play some Stampede till the cows come home. Seriously. And when they do, they got a huge mess to clean up. Also, they need to tell me who drank all the beer. Give me a home where the buffalo roam Cause these cows, these cows are driving me crazy, man. Make it stop. Alright, so I'm playing level game three, the cowpoke level. My difficulty setting B with the longer rope. I got these Herefords, Herefords, whatever. I guess those guys are Guernseys. I like this game. It's a good looking game. Um, you get exactly, you know, it's exactly as advertised. You got a dude on a horse, green pasture, cows that look like cows. I'm about to get got. Yep. Used up all my strays. Run, little Guernseys. Ooh, Black Angus. Ah, uh, I put. Ooh, yeah, lucky there. Apparently, you can goose the cows. Make them run a little faster to get out ahead of you. I gotta find a black Angus. Come here, little doggy. Black Angus, yes! Lots and lots of points, and they're tasty too. Ah, I missed a black Angus. That hurts. Ooh. Two black Anguses, and I missed them both. Oh well. Back to the bunkhouse. Back to you in the studio. So here's the thing with Stampede. When I saw this coming up on the production schedule for the podcast, I thought, okay, this is going to be some goofy little game little horsies in a corral or something. But, you know, I am dedicated to doing as many of these games as I can do. So, fine. We'll do that game. Why not? So, it's one that I bought, really not knowing anything, anything about it. I think I might have gotten it as part of a lot. 
of games that I picked up somewhere. So I put it in today. Today was literally the first time I've played it. And I really like this game. It's really simple, but it looks good for the time. You get what you paid for. Um, it's weirdly addictive. It's kind of like, um, like Space Invaders or, I don't know, Combat or, you know, one of the more rudimentary, simple Atari games that you just can't put down for some reason because it's just fun to do. So I was very pleasantly surprised. It's easy to, to learn what you're supposed to do, but it's one of those, you know, easy to learn, hard to master kind of games. And uh, I've only really, I, I guess I did kind of briefly skim through each game to get a, a feel for how how they play. I only, But I only really spent time with game three, the cowpoke level. And it was pretty challenging, you know, for the first day. So... I'm intrigued to spend more time with the difficult, le- more difficult levels, because it's just it's just a good, fun, simple pick it up and play it kind of game. Just you and your trusty steed out on the prairie, you know, roping those doggies, asserting your dominance over four-legged creatures with your own four-legged creature and a rope. Yep, pretty good premise for a story there, don't you think? Hey, I just happen to have one of those. Maybe I should tell it now. Ashley Tuxedo Texan sits atop his steed, surveying the cowherd grazing before him. Tuxedo is a nickname he picked up during a preppy period in the 80s that he can never quite shake, but definitely doesn't talk about. Most people just call him Tux, and he's learned to accept that in the stoic way of the cowboy. But make no mistake, Tux is all man. Even his beard has stubble. His faithful ride, Lily, champs at the bit. Easy, flea bag, Tuck says, although in his mind it sounds affectionate. I'm the one in charge here. In the meadow, the cattle are lowing, but suddenly a panic ripples through the crowd, like a swarm of gnats. Tux grips the reins and commands his horse. Yeah, little cutie pie, yeah. Seriously, Tux Texan is all man. Which is why, when recounting these events later, Tux would disclose how Lily surged forward when he grabbed the reins. But he'd leave out the part where he pees himself because when he commanded Lily Cutie Pie, she talked back. In a dude's voice. Also, she wasn't Lily anymore. Not the gorgeous Palomino that he'd known for so many years. The horse he was looking at between his legs now was chestnut brown and grumpy. Don't just sit there, you fool, this new horse commanded. Lasso them! They're getting away! Tex's head pivots, wide-eyed and alarmed. He still sees cattle, but these cows are shaggy with massive teeth and horns. They're feral and frightened, gampering all over the place. Other horses gallop in carrying expressionless humans wearing rags and mechanically rounding up the herd with their lassos, cold, vacant eyes, registering no satisfaction whatsoever at a job well done. Good for nothing, humans, the dark horse mutters. Damn you. You talk, Tuck shrieks in a manly way as he falls from the horse into the stampeding mob. You talk, the dark horse says. Humans haven't talked for centuries. As he dodges feral cows, Tux, who would have difficulty processing, who would have difficulty processing this information under the best of circumstances, says, This is impossible. What year is it? One million and three, my pathetic servant. The age? The age of the equine. One million and three? 
I'm in the future, Tuck shrieks, somewhat less manly this time. This can't be happening, Tuck thinks. Well, actually he only gets as far as this can't before a wild bovine hoof renders him unconscious. Tux awakens several hours later to the sound of a horse gnawing a carrot. Tux sits up, his head, pla- his head pounding, and he realizes that he's in a stable. A rust-colored horse stares intently at him with dark eyes. With big dark eyes, Tux says, I suppose you talk too. The horse nods, swallows, then says, Not with my mouth, fool. That would be gross. What's your name? Tux stands slowly, warily. The strange horse's tail continues to calmly bat away flies. Tux, he says. What's yours? Wilbur, the horse says. Tux can't help but grin. In his best impression of the horse from the iconic 1960s sitcom, he says, Well, I guess that makes me Mr. Ed. Wilbur's ears twitch a bit. That's offensive, dude, he says. Sorry, Tux says. I just want to go home. This is all way too weird for me. I like being alone with my cows where nothing weird ever happens. If horse can shrug, Wilbur did. I'm guessing you don't live in one of the human habitats around here. And General Trigger, you met him earlier. He don't like you none. Man from the past and all that. Thinks you might lead a bovine and human uprising against the ruling stallions. Says he saw something like it in a movie once. No one rightly knows what a movie is. So we all just assume that's some forbidden knowledge of which we have lots in the year one million and three. It's kind of weird. Tuck sighs. Please just help me get out of here. He sounds a little whiny, but panic is overriding his cowboy pride. Looks on your side, human, Wilbur says, glancing upward. A horseshoe is mounted there with the curved end down to hold the luck in. But then the nail comes out and the horseshoe falls on Tux's head, rendering him unconscious again. Wilbur Horse laughs. Humans are so stupid. Tux awakens on a wide beach. The sun is brutal overhead, but it's relatively cool here in the shade of the half-buried sea biscuit statue. Wilbur gazes down the beach. Follow the shoreline. He pauses, stamps five times with his left front hoof. Five miles or so. Look for another talking human called Taylor. He'll help you. Why are you helping me? General Trigger is an ass. And not the good horse's kind, Wilbur says. He doesn't believe in the ideals set forth by the leader of the equine revolution so long ago. Lily Pie the warrior. On hearing the name of his trusty steed, Tux falls to his knees. No, he cries. You did it. You stampeded us into oblivion. Damn you, Lily. Damn you all to hell! Wilbur's ears twitch irritably at the wailing. Humans, man. No wonder Lily rebelled. Wilbur drops a couple horse apples and trots home. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, but you know that by now. Gallop on over to iTunes right now and leave a review. There's no need to stampede. Just form an orderly queue and proceed. You don't want to give the horses any more excuse to start that revolution. Please also consider supporting the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at our Zazzle.com store. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. 
Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your Peanuts gang needs. Want to talk about TV specials? We'll do it. Want to talk about comic strips? You got it. Want to talk about new products coming out? You bet, we're on it. Anything you want uh, from Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, this is the place to be. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. I might have said that already, but it's important to know, so I said it again. Next time on Atari Bytes, Sky Jinx. I have no idea what that game is about, but it has a cute name. So we'll explore it together. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.